love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. This is a true Canadian love story. We were meant to be together. I can't imagine my life without you. Honestly, he's a light of my life. It's nice to be in that tractor beam of love. I'm her biggest fan. I think I knew I'd lost my heart again. I knew I wanted a marriage like that. Difficult roads can lead to very beautiful destinations. Well, love is the most important thing. It was surreal. This form of my family, like, coming, embracing me 30 years later, not even knowing them, but seeing myself, my physical features in another person, I just didn't see that happening for myself. So much love and joy, and they were just all so inviting. I couldn't ask for more. Like my culture, I finally am connected with my culture, and I have that closure. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Today's love story belongs to Michel from Toronto. This Canadian man was adopted as a young child from Haiti and grew up in a small Ontario town. Despite being part of a loving family, his racial identity caused some challenges in his young life, and Michel grew up hungry to know more about his Haitian roots. He knew very little about his birth parents until recently, when an unexpected message through social media opened up a whole new world and introduced him to an international band of brothers. This is the Canadian Love Map. Michelle, welcome to the Canadian Love Map. Great to be here, Nancy. Thank you. I am dying to hear your story. It is so amazing. And, you know, one of the things I think is so interesting is that in March of 2020, when the whole world was shutting down, your world kind of broke open. Yeah, it's it, it's so crazy. It's something I never really thought uh, I would experience in my adulthood. It, it's it's like I, I was never prepared for something like this. So it's it's even today, it's surreal for me just to be uh, experiencing this and connected, reunited with my family. So your life has changed so much in two years. It has. Yes, my family has grown uh, exponentially, which is great. <laughs> So tell us about what happened in March of 2020. Set the scene. Yes. Uh, so March of 2020, uh, the pandemic was kind of uh, on the rise, but not many people, well, myself, I just didn't really know how it was transmitted or what was really going on. How fearful should we be? So March 8th, that evening, I decided to go to uh, an art opening. So it was International Women's Month, and there was this uh, opening at this uh, event space called Freedom Factory in Toronto. The opening was called Yes, and it was just all about uh, women, and I was so interested in it, so I invited my brother out, and we were just about to go. We were getting ready to leave together, leaving my apartment, and then I got this message uh, from LinkedIn of my brother, my brother 
uh, Eloi, and he had said, he had told me he thinks that we are related, we are blood related, and he has proof that we are related. And so my first thought was like, do I, do I trust this? Like I, I, who even uses LinkedIn to reach out to people, connect <laughs> with people like this? Like traditionally we think of like maybe Facebook or, or, or something more commonly used for that type of connection. So I was skeptic at first. But it was then, really coming out of left field. Yeah, exactly. Le- left field for sure. And so, um, uh, funny enough, I, I wanted to see this particular artist who had paint, who had painted, uh, who had taken Haitian culture as inspiration in her work. And I was really intrigued by that. And at the same time, my blood related brother from Haiti was reaching out to me. So this type of like, uh, synchronicity was happening. Like just, I, I really wanted to be connected to Haiti and like find a type of, uh, like in, inviting feel that night. And so my brother reached out and then I immediately I, um, I spoke to my, my brother who I had grown up with. So I have a brother who was adopted from the same orphanage, but we are not uh, blood related. So let's go back and and tell your story from the beginning. Tell me about uh, your adoption. Yes, so I was adopted uh, when I was about five months, mm-hmm. and it was in Haiti, in the capital of Port-au-Prince. My parents adopted myself and my brother, uh, and they took us back to to Canada, not knowing if we had any brothers or sisters. Uh, and the story was that my birth mother had, had uh, passed away giving birth to me. That's how she had passed. Mm -hmm. And my father, we didn't really know where he was. There wasn't any information at all. So then. So am I right? All you had was a picture of your birth father with you, but the only thing you had of your mother was that sad story that she had passed away during your birth. Correct. Yes. The, I only had a picture of my father uh, with, with no type of connection at all, like no di- type of access to connection whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, we just moved to a small town in Canada, in Ontario. It's Flesherton, Ontario is where I was raised. Uh, and it's a um, very tiny town. There's about 700 people there. So everybody knows everybody, that kind of country style living. Any uh, other Haitians? No, no. Uh, nowhere to be found for miles and miles. Yeah. So it was like a bit isolating in that sense. My brother and I being the only black people for miles and miles and just the only black uh, children there being raised in a predominantly white community. So it was... Mm-hmm. Uh, an adjustment. And in some ways, I still think it is an adjustment just being raised there and going, my parents still live there. And do we continue to go back and, and uh, you celebrate like um, holidays and such and uh, in this small town? Um, yeah, being raised there was uh, an experience. They were good. They were bad. Some some parts were just like very, very tough growing up due to the racism, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it's the flip side. I, I guess with a small community, it, there can be a close-knitness and, and support. But uh, in a situation like that, if you're different than everybody else, um, especially in, in that time, mm -hmm. I can only imagine it must have been very difficult. Yeah, so what's tough? Uh, it, I mean... I'm blessed and humbled to to have a brother who I could confide in. And, you know, it was just me and him um, just uh, on this journey of just um, situating ourselves and navigating through through the community. And so it was great to have him by my side through thick and thin. Uh, we're still so close. Uh, he lives in the city of Toronto with me, uh, not um with like we're not roommates i just mm -hmm. mean he lives very close by we've always just been together and had a strong bond had you ever looked for your birth family no i haven't uh i hadn't no i i didn't have many resources at all it was very tough for me to even come to to terms with my mother uh, uh giving birth to me and dying like that that story Oh, and that's huge right there. I mean, that's a lot to deal with. Yes, absolutely. At a young age, I think I was, I uh, might've been six when my, my parents had told me that. And it was tough. It was very heartbreaking for me to even uh, understand and grasp that. Uh, so it, it was, it was hard. Um, but I, I had like some, uh, uh, a type of hope that maybe uh, a family member would reach out to me wh whenever may I could be a young adult. I could be now like 30 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I had like a spark of hope, but really it, it was just, um, I kind of just accepted that my resources were very limited and uh, I just kind of, you know, went, went about uh, my days in, in growing up in Flesherton and moving to Toronto uh, and, and it just, uh, it just kind of was. You became a fine artist and an art teacher. Did Haiti and the culture there have a, an attraction to you in terms of your art? You said that night you were going to a, you know, an art show that was connected, but mm -hmm. was that, um, was there a magnet there all along or was that something that happened when you were older? Uh, there definitely was a magnet there all along Growing up uh, as a transracial adoptee, the, the idea of having a type of of closure was always there, like a connection to my culture and my Haitian roots. And I would always hear about it uh, every now and then in the news or outlets like like that, uh, oftentimes with a negative connotation with their culture, their politics, uh, their religion right? Haitian voodoo. It was always demonized and because it was looked at in a type of Western colonial way, right. always negative. So I just was hungry for a positive or just a different narration of Haiti, what Haiti was. Uh, so I would always search for that and incorporate it in my work uh, and just try to find a type of community for myself. I needed it. Okay, so back to that night when your birth brother reached out to you. Did you think it was too good to be true? 
Mm, that's a good question. What was I thinking? Because you you didn't you weren't gung ho right away. There was a hesitation. No, a hesitation. It, yes, a hesitation. Just just because of like the reaching out on LinkedIn is like, ooh, that's a little strange. But also, I you're not prepared. No one is ever prepared for like a, a situation where your family is reaching out a brother, a long lost relative. Like how, how do you really act? Like what, what are the emotions or, or like, what are the steps you take to really confirm that this is true? And it took some convincing. Like I said, I, I talked to my brother who I grew up with Jordan and my parents, of course, of course, just to have a type of confirmation and just, just to really to get their opinion on the idea and then they were completely 100% supportive. So after I had that type of support and them just saying, just just give him the chance, give him the chance to explain himself and how he got to where he is, how and why he's reaching out to you. And so I did. With that uh, confirmation, I just went ahead and, and we talked all night, Eloi and I. Unbelievable. So you didn't know that you even had a birth brother, let alone a whole slew of them. So, well, the thing is, I knew my parents had told me that I might have two brothers. So I might have a brother in New York, potentially, and France. I was oh. always told that growing up. But it turns out I have five other brothers and one is in Chile, one is in Florida, one is in uh, Brazil, Minnesota, and Baltimore. So am I right? Five countries and three languages they speak? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. How emotional was it for you to have that first long conversation with him? Uh, it was deep. It got so deep. Uh, he would, but he was patient with, uh, with me. It was a lot for me to process all this information. I just never thought it would, um, it would be presented to me in this form. And the most surprising thing he told me was that my mother was still alive. And, uh, just at a young age, again, my, my, uh, my mother who adopted me telling me that she had died giving birth to me uh i just kind of had to um internalize that and as a child and just like be okay with that and so i had been for many years not thinking like maybe it's not true or maybe they got the information wrong it it just was and so when i heard that not only heard that he showed me a photo of her i'd never seen her it was just like it rocked my world it, it was incredible Oh, I'm covered in goosebumps. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too. It was uh, it was pretty incredible. A, a really, seriously, a magical night. So where did it go from there? So from there, he slowly introduced me, my other brothers uh, on Facebook. So we had all been connected via Facebook and we have a group chat now. Uh, and then uh, through there, 
the the other siblings, nieces, nephews were reaching out to me and it was great. I, I was so humbled by the whole experience and getting to know them all and, and like some of them don't even speak English. So it was uh, I would have to use translator to chat with them. Uh, it, it was great. It was it was such a great experience. So enriching. Incredible. And then you actually made a trip. You were able to make a trip and, and meet uh, at least some of them in person, right? Correct. Yes. So I made a trip to to Florida this past holiday in December. Uh, my brother, my brother, Joseph, he lives in Florida. And so most of us were able to meet. Unfortunately, not all of us. The brother in Brazil uh, was not able to meet as well as Chile. Um, but the rest of the brothers, the U.S. citizens, were uh, able to meet in, in Florida and connect and embrace uh, most of my cousins and and uh, nephews, aunts, uncles, nieces live there as well. And I was able to meet most of them. Even uh, a relative uh, flew from Michigan to Florida to see me, to see me reconnect with my family, which was incredible. What happened when you got off the plane? Who was there to meet you? So there's a bit of a story there. I got off the plane uh, just a bit north in um, in Florida, I was visiting a friend, a childhood friend for two days before I connected with my family. Just to, uh, uh, I was very nervous. So just to get my mind right and uh, just, uh, you know, that just like friendship, childhood friendship to just really pump myself up to meet mm -hmm. my birth family. And so then I took a, a bus from Gainesville, Florida to uh, it was like an eight hour bus to, um, to Fort Lauderdale. And that's where they met me. And then we, we just embraced like the first thing they, they pulled up and then my brothers, we embraced each other and it was so surreal. I was just so nervous still, but it, it was, it just felt so right. So necessary. Just that closeness. What was the moment like when you actually met them? Uh, so many emotions. It was like all of them, all the emotions. Mm. Uh, it was like, uh, it was surreal. Uh, again, like this, this form of my family, like coming, uh, uh, and embracing me 30 years later, uh, not even knowing them, but seeing myself, my physical features in another person, I just d didn't see that for happening for myself and it, it was it was great it was it was just like um so much love and joy and uh they were just all so inviting uh it, i couldn't ask for more like my culture i finally am connected with my culture and i have that closure well no wonder they were joyful they were looking for you for a long time they were yeah as soon as i left some of them were looking for me 30 years ago oh yeah oh my gosh so what really happened with your mother so the story is my father um had given me to the orphanage uh against our family's wishes they just didn't have enough resources to uh, really take care of all of us, six other children. That's the mm -hmm. truth of the matter. Mm -hmm. And he gave them the story, the orphanage. He gave them the story of the sad story of her mother passing away 
just to have more incentive for myself, uh, Josh, and Eloi, who are also in the orphanage, to be adopted. But he never even let the uh, let the orphanage know that we were related. Uh, perhaps they did know that we were related, but again, they just wanted to have that incentive for us just to be adopted and go to different homes. So you don't have to get the, the bundle, like the three pack, you just gotta, uh, we just need to get these kids adopted was what the story was. Oh my gosh. That's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. So were you ever able to connect with your mother? Unfortunately, no, I was not able to connect with her. I, I was on my trip to Florida. And then uh, previously, my one brother, Eloi, he lives in Baltimore. And he he wanted me to come back and stay with him for a few days just to get, get to know each other, bonding, see Baltimore. Uh, so, of course, I said, yes, I need to get to know my brothers at this point. Mm -hmm. And so I was with my brother, Eloi when we heard the news, which is, it is powerful in the fact that I was with my, my biological brother when I heard the news. If I had come back and just was with myself, I, maybe I would have had different emotions or just like if I didn't even still didn't know of my, my brothers and this whole reuniting of them. It would have been a, a different feeling, a different emotion. And so we, I think that my mother was holding on to see us all reconnected before her passing. She was 76 years old. Oh, my goodness. That is pretty powerful. And you and Eloise look quite a lot alike. We do. Yeah. I think we look the most alike. <laughs> yeah. It's striking. As you say, you never expected to see your face in someone else's. No, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I was speechless. What is it like to have this whole new sense of family? It's like a a new sense of love in your life, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, it's fantastic. I couldn't ask for anything more in this point of my life. Like, I, I couldn't. It's it's great meeting, uh, meeting my brother's uh, daughter, and uh, I've, I've taught her a painting class, and it was just so, so amazing, so beautiful uh, just to have that experience with her because I, I love teaching children as well. And um, it was great just to connect with her on that level and see myself meeting her uh, someday. Uh, it's, it's truly a blessing. I'm so thankful. When I listen to you talk about hearing for the first time that your mother had not actually died in childbirth, I had this vision of you sort of having the foundation that you grew up with um, dismantled. And I wonder if you feel like this coming together of all your brothers is putting the pieces of you together in a new way. Is that a, is that a strange question? It's not. It's not a strange question at all. Uh, I do feel that a, a, a type of capacity where I never thought I would have the shared experience of being a transracial adoptee, as well as having biological brothers who have, like two of them have like a parallel experience of me growing up in a predominantly white community. Uh, really? And we're related. So it's it's something that I never thought I could 
share and express uh, and just relate ever. Like I, I never thought I'd have the opportunity to do that uh, or, or just meaning something like of an importance to have a shared experience. So it does. I do feel uh, a lot more full in, in that sense. What is next for you, brothers, do you think? Next for my brothers and I, uh, reconnecting. We still have yet to, all of us, to reconnect and just learn and grow. Um, so that still needs to happen. Uh, and they keep saying that they want to come to my wedding. I'm, I'm single. I've just been single. They're trying to get me married. <laughs> so we got to connect on that level too. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, we got to create these memories. Uh, and it's, it's going to happen as soon as this pesky pandemic lets up a little bit, then, uh, then we're good to go. And who would you like to have play you in the movie of your life? Because <laughs> wow. this sounds like a pretty this. compelling movie. <laughs> uh, none other than Denzel Washington, of course. Oh, yeah. He's a little old, maybe. but <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. But he's got the right look. He's I handsome think... like you, for it, sure. Oh, I thank you. Actually, I think, uh, wow, this is great. I'm thinking of all these black celebrities. Michael B. Jordan is a good uh, yeah. contender. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Um, you better start thinking about think who's <laughs> going to be in your cast and start right. writing your screenplay because it is yeah. a story for the ages. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, you're uh, you're really giving me some great ideas here. I'm gonna jot some notes down. This is perfect. All right. Well, listen, we are just thrilled that you chose to share your story with us on the Canadian Love Map. It is a true love story, and I'm thrilled to have met you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Nancy. You had some great questions. Wonderful to meet you. Wonderful to be on the podcast as well. I'm happy to share my stories. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. This has been a Podstarter production. production.